From the studios of Harbor Park Health and Fitness, it's time for another edition of Hey Health Matters. I'm Pete. I'm Jason. Jason, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, my friend. How long into January do you say Happy New Year to people? I think we're done after this. We've got got the first podcast reading in for the year. I mean, we're, we're a week in already. Yeah, it's hard to believe, man. As we record, New Year's Eve was almost a week ago. I had the dullest New Year's Eve on record in a series of dull New Year's Eve. (laughs) I did not. I did not. I had a wedding on New Year's Eve, Mm -hmm. and uh, let's just say it was was not the kind of day we advise on this podcast. No. (laughs) Which is why I think we have our topic of the day, and that's uh, nutrition, right? Yep. We're going to cover... The old uh, food pyramid. Now, the food pyramid is something. My first exposure to it was looking at it in line in elementary school. And, you know, you're waiting in the hot yep. lunch line for. Yep. And I always felt it ironic they were teaching us about nutrition while waiting for school lunch because one did not ever equate to the other, I thought. But what do I know? <clears throat> and I think I probably memorized that thing at some point. But I know that nothing is ever quite as simple and, hey, there might be tweaks to it. There might be things that we know as science evolves. So we're going to dive deep into nutrition, right. specifically the food pyramid today and how we build yeah. on what we eat. And, you know, you think about it abstractly, you know, it, it's a good idea. It's it's a rec- recommendation that they made for, you know, millions of people on how to eat properly. Um, so keep that in mind. Yeah, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be for everyone. Um, there's some controversy behind it, um, some uh, some disagreement. Um, so we're we're gonna break it down. We're going into the history, kind of the origins of it, how it's changed over the years, um, and then how we think we would structure it if we created our own. So I would imagine the idea behind the food pyramid is to offer a balanced view of nutrition. So everything that's out there, the palette of different food, food groups, and how you can balance all those together to be healthy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into into, uh, the food pyramid. Yeah. What what is it? It's uh, like I already kind of touched on. It's, It's a recommendation, a very broad thing intended for millions of people to use. Um, it's kind of like the BMI, the body mass index, um, which has had its own controversy. It's, it's kind of a way to categorize millions of people. Mm-hmm. Now with, I, when you're trying to do that, it, not everyone's going to fit in and, and there's going to be exceptions. There's and all oddballs this and everywhere. Yeah. Yep. So we, we have to understand this is a, a super extremely broad thing. Um, and it's just that it's a recommendation on this is how most people should be eating. Obviously, there's going to be outliers and there's going to be people who, who don't fit perfectly into it. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of go through it. Um, the, the origin of it, where it came from. Where um, did it come from? Because obviously, as a kid in the 90s, uh, it felt like it was there since forever. But um, probably not, right? Probably more modern than one might realize thinking right. about it. Yep. So... We started the uh, the original origin of the food pyramid, not the United States, but like the first kind of the recommendation thing. Was it Egypt? Because it is a pyramid. <laughs> and it was not. It was Swedish. Swedish. But and they made uh, it of meatballs, right? No. It's a circle. <laughs> it is a circle. This is an orb 
looking thing, so maybe it was a meatball. And it's of course you had to put it together yourself once you got it home. Right. right. And, and so in 1972, Sweden came out with this thing. It said, eat this way every day. And there were seven main things. You know, it, it had the fruits, the vegetables, the protein, milk, breads. They even have ice cream in here. Nice. We're kind of thinking that not what we think of ice cream is. And in, in 1972 in Sweden, not ice, the super high fat, artificial flavored. Right, they might be talking use. about a different kind of ice cream, right. maybe like a, some sort of butter, something or, more yeah, of a homemade yeah. variety. Yep. Um, but we just thought that was kind of funny. Um, so in 1992, the U.S. of A. Um, came up with their own. Okay. So, 19, did you say 92? 1992. So, so that thing not, was brand spanking new when yeah, I was in the lunch line. Yeah, it's not not super old. Wow. It's on 30 years, 35. I feel like I was on the cutting edge of this. Yeah, thing. yeah. So, <laughs> um, published by the Who, and you might remember um, it had different levels. So, starting at the base was um, like the breads and the grains. Mm-hmm. And then let me see if I can find it real quick, just so I don't say it wrong. Mm, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I remember, uh, and maybe this just had to do with me and my what I liked as a kid. I always wish the part with the sweets right at the top was a little bit larger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yep. Come on. So then, yeah, there there was the carbohydrates on the bottom. Oh, here we go. We had the fruits on the right, just above the veggies on the left. Then we had the protein. And then the milk and the butter above it, and then the sweets and the sugar at the top. See, and right away, you think of how at least trendy diets go, and you say, well, the carbs are right at the bottom. That's the base. What are you right. talking about? Right. But, yep. so this, but this was thinking in the early 90s, and I remember uh, our, again, taking to the school idea, they took this to heart and would actually feed us carbs before a test. Mm-hmm. So this will make your brain work better. Right. Well, at least it was breakfast. Right? Now, without getting too political, yeah. you know, we might ruffle some feathers here, but that's okay. We're we're not here to, to fall in line. Um, there was also a lot going on in the world in terms of grain production mm. and, and all this, and and the country just realized how profitable it was, and um, so you know, some people say that lobbyists for these grain companies had their hands in when when coming up with this and they, they had some influence on getting the, the carbs to the bottom is that how politics works Shocked. You know, who knows Shocked I, I tells hey, you. hey that's not what we do here <laughs> um, but you know like you said before the show when sweden was making theirs and uh in the 70s granted sweden didn't have carbs until like the very end right um but you know then the U.S. was the base. Back then, people were a lot more active than they are today. True. Maybe not in the 90s, but still, you know, we weren't sitting on phones and video games all day, right? You went out and you played with your buddies. You got on your skateboard and went around or whatever right. you did. So people tended to be more um, active so they could have more carbs without getting obese. And again, we the idea is balance. And I think sometimes with the way we look at diets kind of on a trendy basis is it's Oh, let's put it all out of balance and you'll lose mm-hmm. weight that way. But this was meant to convey a different message. It also, again, not to be political, but I think that was the era where a president had identified ketchup as a vegetable. <laughs> so maybe they had um, 
there was an educational gap yeah, that they, right, they had to right. reach at that point. <laughs> now, in um, 2011, there was an update. Okay. Okay. So instead of doing the horizontal, like the base and then the, the levels above it, now there were vertical segments. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... But still in a pyramid form, but just still in a, a pyramid form or a triangular. Um, this is, I think, the the criticism with that first one was, you know, that base is saying that carbs are the most important, so they they took that and and they changed it. So now they still have the grains as the first thing, but again, it's on a vertical thing instead of it, it doesn't look like it's it's the base anymore. It just looks like it's a part of okay. of a piece a, of the pie, if right. you will. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The triangular pie. So that it still has the grains, it has the veggies, the fruits, milk, and then meat and beans. Okay, so everybody's favorite meal, meat and meat beans. Meat and beans, you know, yeah. <laughs> so um, take that how you will. You know, um, like I said before, there's there's some controversy behind it, namely, you know, who's making this thing? Mm-hmm. You know. Are are these dietitians, or are are these the lobbyists? You know the 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 food producers that just want to sell more. Um, we don't really know um, who the World Health Organization is credited with. You know, having mm-hmm. a, a big uh, a big part of it. The uh, or worse yet, was it a committee? Because yeah. we know that's committee. lots of statues to committees out there. The USDA. So, you know, that that's one of the controversies is we, we don't know if if we have real, true, professional dietitians doing this or 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 who's influencing it. Okay, so how, how much can we trust it kind of thing? There's some things on there, um, you know, like, like milk. Controversy with milk alone. Like, should we be eating it? Should we not be, or not eating it, but drinking it? Consuming it. Uh, consuming milk. Because some will say, when you look at the, the human reproductive system, the mother stops producing milk when the child's with one, one and a half, whatever point that is. So it, it stands to reason that we should stop consuming milk at that point. And I think they've identified a genetic mutation basically amongst Europeans and, and, you know, Westerners that says we can consume milk. We're, we're mutants. We can drink milk beyond that phase of life that you're saying. That's right. not intrinsic to humanity. Right. So it kind of adds to that controversy a little bit. Yeah. Just because we can do it, does that make it nutritious right. to do right. so? And then so, you know, just coming down into, we've talked in the past about our nutrition program here at the gym. We, we kind of walk through it with, with a client. And what we'll do when it comes to dairy and milk is we'll cut them off for 30 days. Mm-hmm. We'll introduce it back. So you went 30 days with no milk or no dairy products. Introduce it back. If you notice a reaction, then we know, okay, you're, you're intolerant to, to lactose. Or, you know. And then we know if you take it and you, you're fine, Okay, you're good to, to drink the milk or, or eat the dairy product. And I mean, I, what I've learned about nutrition just in now, the two years since I've started my own journey with this, is that could be a, a food allergy to almost anything you can't identify right. that causes yep. inflammation. Yep. And you just don't know until you either cut it out or and you slowly add it back in or you get tested yep. for it. 
and it's easy to test it, but you have to do it systematically. Right. Because if you cut everything out and then you add everything back in in 30 days, now you don't know what's triggering the, the so reaction. You have to be systematic yep. about it. Yeah. Right. So, um, the, the, the point of all that is like, should, should milk something that we know a, a large portion of the population is intolerant to, mm-hmm. should that be on this, this recommendation? Or maybe should it be an asterisk or something that says milk is good if, if you tolerate it. And then, of course, you get to the, the politics of it again. And are the dairy producers going right. to say, what are you talking about? We got a great product over here. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you and I from Wisconsin. So you got to always keep that on the sticky yep. side of your brain, yep. right? So we're not hating on milk. We just understand not everyone can, can consume milk products. Right. right. Um, so should we get into kind of how we would reframe this thing if, if we were to make it? Yeah, so we've kind of laid out what the different versions that are out there and some of the history or the point of it. But if we were to kind of delve into experience, you've counseled a lot of people. I have my own personal experience mm-hmm. with this. And, and I don't want to say mixing and matching, but there is probably a preferred way without the politics and the lobbying and the minutia right. and, and all of that other stuff, just getting down to a healthy, balanced food pyramid. Yep. So for my pyramid, if I was making this, this recommendation, the base of it would be protein. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm not going to get into, should it be animal products? Should it be dairy or not? I'm sorry, not dairy. Um, you know, vegetable protein or, or, you know, that's not my argument here. The, the fact is humans need protein to survive. It's what rejuvenates our body. It's what builds the muscle and the healthy cells. We need it. That's the most important thing. That's what burns fat too. What burns fat. Um, so that's my base. From there, it's going to be fruits and veggies on top. Mm-hmm. Those are, um, going to be our vitamins and minerals and the macronutrients and, and all of the, the things our body needs to use to be able to fulfill the, the, the functions it does. So the protein is a big part, but then also the, the vitamins and minerals. And I know yeah. there's, there's ways, and we're not going to get into recipes, but I like to find fun ways of combining the fruit, veggie, and protein mix right. so you get it all together. So it's not like saying... And you got to do protein here and then fruits and vegetables separate. Like there are creative ways to combine all of this and to make it healthy and enjoy eating too all together. And so two quick, super easy ones. And, and I recommend every single meal you have should have protein in it. It should have either fruits or veggies, maybe both. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you've heard of the zone diet, it's, it's, on the complicated end of diets, but it's basically just that every single meal is going to have a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of carbohydrate, a certain amount of fat and a very specific ratio that your body can utilize best. When you get into the science and the hormones, it it gets into all that, but that's more in depth than we, we want to get here. Um, is that every meal should have some protein and veggie or fruit. So two that I have every single day is Greek yogurt. Okay. I'll do some protein powder in there as well, chocolate. That's a good idea. And and I get the no-fat plain Greek yogurt. Okay. 
It's got like 18 grams of protein to like two grams of carbs, no fat. So it's just a great protein source. And then protein scoop is going to be additional little boost of protein. And then I'll put either a banana in there or some mixed berries. So blueberries, strawberry, sure, sure. raspberry. Um, and that's like my post-workout thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of, of drinking my calories. So I'd rather eat, you know, a really tasty, still super nutritious small meal, which is the yogurt and the, the berries and the fruit and uh, the protein. So that's one. And then um, eggs and veggie, I kind of make a scramble. Okay. Yep. So I'll go to the grocery store. I don't really have anything in mind, but I'll see something I want to try. Um, so this week I saw radishes. I was like, I've never tried radishes. Yeah. I've had them on tacos before <laughs> at La Fagata. Um, and they're very good there. So very good for your gut. Yeah. I was, good good I was for your like, gut health. You know, I'm just going to try it. And that's part of the fun with this whole thing is just mm-hmm. trying it. So I do. Um, so I did zucchini and radish, saute them up, put a little um, uh, ground turkey in there for a little additional protein and a couple eggs, scrambled it all up. And it's a nice little breakfast scramble, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so you get your veggies, you got your protein, and the, the, the eggs have a little bit of fat in there. So nice, well-rounded meal. And, and again, achieving that balance, I think, is what we're looking for. One of the things that I had, I had to learn early on is when you lose weight, you think, well, I'm trying to burn fat. I'm not going to eat fat because that seems counterintuitive. Right. But, no, I was actually, <laughs> I had it backwards. It's not that you want to go out and eat greasy foods or that, that kind of fat. But there are natural, healthy fats that can keep you full and help you, and you, your body needs that to survive. That's, that's a very interesting point you bring up. And I've said this before. I think one of the greatest mistakes in, you know, our culture or whoever called body fat fat mm. was also calling the, the food source fat, fat because now we associate them as the same thing and it's the furthest from the truth. Food fat from food sources oils and nuts and those they are tricky because they have more calories you can overdo it easily per gram but they have great nutrients they're really good for the body they're good for things like your nails and your hair and, and all this other stuff so it's important we get them they they provide lubrication for your joints so you know you're working out a lot you need you need the joints and the cartilage and all that um but yeah like you said we have this conception that eating fat will make us fat and this people say oh i gotta go no fat and i have a, a buddy who um who is very low fat in his diet and he says well you wear the fat you eat and i go well uh, that's not true no. now i mean <laughs> i mean again if you're it eating processed food about, right. if you're eating donuts yeah there's a lot of fat in there because right. that tastes better yeah. But like you said, it's we want to avoid the super greasy fat, but avocados, olive oil, nuts, these are all great things. You as soon as I heard these. olive oil was healthy, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Mama mia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so where were, okay. So protein was the base. Right. Second level was the fruits and veggies. Third level. We kind of jumped up a level. Yeah. On there. Sorry. Yeah. About that. No, it's okay. Third level is going to be the starch. 
that we talked about. Mm-hmm. The reason we have it at the third level, we've said this before, is because it depends on your activity level. And it, it depends on how you handle it. So if you're super active, you know, you're, you're on your feet all day, you're working at a warehouse, manual labor, and then you get out and you go work out, you're going to need some starches because otherwise your body's burning calories nonstop all day long. Right. You need the starch for the energy. That's the quick energy. Yep. Yep. If you're sitting at a desk all day and then you go home and you sit down and watch TV, you're not really using any energy throughout your day. Not nearly as much as the other person is. So you don't need that level of starch. Your fruits and veggies are going to give you enough carbs for the energy that you're using in the day. It reminds me of something my grandpa used to say about beer. He'd say, well, beer is nutritious. <laughs> and again, I think the idea of maybe the quick energy or back before clean water sources, yeah, you know, it was safe yeah. to drink. But in previous generations, we were more active. We worked harder. Right. I mean, not just 80s kids going out to play as opposed to the Gen Z today. Boy, I sound like an old man. But, <laughs> but you know, you work in the factory, you work on the farm. Yeah. And even factories and farms have become less labor intensive now. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we reflect Things that on the Things are more automatic. And, so yeah. if you use, you're using great grandma's muffin recipe, well, that's for a different generation than what we're doing now calorie-wise. So right. we don't really make those connections over time. Yep, yep. And then the final tip of my pyramid or our pyramid would be the fats at the top. Again, that's at the top because we want them in every meal, but you got to be careful because they're so nutrient dense. You know, the same volume of an ounce of fat versus an ounce of protein, the fat has way more calories. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful with it. If you have too much, then you're putting excess calories in that your body won't be able to use. Now, again, we don't have anything like milk or dairy. We don't have beans. Um, <laughs> we we don't have sweets. Right. Um, I think the beans kind of fit. Th- that would that would be kind of like a a cross section because beans really have a lot of fat in them. They have a lot of protein and a lot of carbs. So, um, if you like beans, they're they're great. Um, now the dairy we are we already talked about. Not everyone can take it, so it doesn't make sense to recommend it for right. the masses. Um, and then the sweets, I'm not going to recommend you eat them because we shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're not crazy people. We we know people are going to eat. We eat sweets ourselves, yep. me and you, Pete. But you bet. We know it's it's not in our long term interest to do it, so we're not going to recommend it. I feel like eating sweets is kind of like speeding on the interstate. You can sometimes, you know, but it's not the safest or the best thing that you could do. Right. Uh, and, and so there's a reason why they're there and that's okay, but it's not always the best decision. And, and that it really comes down to a decision. We've talked about this in the past. There are donuts. Am I going to eat one or am I going to eat three? Right. And I, that I, sometimes that can be a, that can be a struggle. I really love that analogy of, of speeding on the interstate because yeah, most of the time we should be just relaxed, maybe in the, the right hand lane, you know, going nice and easy, not stressing. I commuted to Milwaukee for three years. And let me tell you, I spent all my time in the left lane 
<laughs> rushing, pedal stressing out. It's like me trying to make 1130 class. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting mad because someone had the nerve to be in front of me. Yeah. Like, calm down, relax a little bit. Same thing. Say no to the sweets the majority of the time. Every now and then, when you're in a pinch, speed a little bit. Okay, I'm not going to be up for that. <laughs> But if you're doing it all the time, you're gonna you're gonna um, stress yourself out, and you're you're obviously not to be too morbid, but you're raising the chances of something bad happening. Same thing if you continually play around with a bad diet and yeah. eating bad things. Yep. I've seen it, you know, too many times to people I care about who've had real real. I don't know you have too real consequences from these things. So yep. it feels good in the moment, but you know. Is it going to feel good 30 years down the line? That's, that's the, the question. The toughest paradox in the world is, for the most part, everything that is good in the moment is bad long-term. <laughs> everything that's bad in the moment tends to be good long-term. I don't know what cruel <laughs> overlord made that so, but, but that's the world we live in. That that goes part, part of my philosophy about the universe and about life, but that's deeper than this podcast. <laughs> Jason, talk about controversial things. Yeah, yeah. So to wrap up our pyramid, uh, so base is protein, veg, veggies and fruits on top. Then we have um, the starches. And then at the top, we have the fat. We have a... A hidden level or a, and a I was gonna say sub-level. Right, like a sub-level or an underarching level. Maybe. Yes, and it it's a sub-level because it's not diet-related. It's not nutrient-related, but it's more important. Mm-hmm. And that's your sleep and your stress. You can have a perfect diet. You can have a perfect workout routine. But if you're not sleeping and you're totally stressed out, it might not matter. Your body's not going to be in the position to respond well to what you're eating, to what you're doing in the gym. And it, it gets down to the hormones. You know, your body's a system and, and the system needs to be in equilibrium, your hormonal balance to get the changes you want. And if it's out of whack, if you're super stressed out, you're not sleeping, the the equilibrium won't be there. So you won't be able to make changes. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, that, and again, you know, we're looking at our screens, we're watching TV, but... Life is stressful. Sleep is hard to come by. So these are things I would imagine you have to incrementally work at. And for me, it's not so much falling asleep. I can do that. That's runs in my family. I can yep. fall asleep. Yeah, I but, can fall asleep anywhere, anytime. But I tend to wake up at odd times and not be able to get back to sleep. I know that's a pretty common thing, especially as you get older. So you have to work on it. And you have to find methods. Yeah. To, to make it work like anything else. It's it's a very odd thing to kind of, conce- like, how do I get better at sleeping, mm-hmm. right? It's, right? It's like, that doesn't really make sense. But we don't embrace our natural sleep cycles either. Right. Again, this is one of those things where we're living at the very tip of, of our history that is so different than the eons that came before yep. when it's dark, you sleep, you get up for a few hours, you sleep some more, and it's sunrise. Well, now we stay up till 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, got artificial light, got 24-hour entertainment, we got caffeine, we've got all these yep. things. Yeah. And so we yeah. mess up with our with the way that our bodies were meant to function. That's 100%. Came to function. So we do have some tactics to help with, with you know, if if you have trouble getting to sleep, me and you don't have this problem, P. We, we put our head on the pillow and we're out. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, but some people, they lay down and they toss and turn and they don't sleep. That's probably because, like you said, they're stimulating themselves too much before laying down, watching TV, you know, talking on the phone, whatever it is, doing work, working on their computer. And then they lay down and they're, they were just going a hundred miles an hour and their body's kind of in that mode now. So they lay down and they're not ready for sleep. So you can create some boundaries. So say you want to go to sleep at 10 PM. Okay. I need to shut everything down by nine. So I have an hour to let my brain mellow out. Right. So then it's getting ready to shut down by the time you hit the pillow. The other scenario is you fall asleep easy, but then you wake up and you can't get back to sleep. A couple of reasons for that. Maybe you have a lot of thoughts running through your mind. Rushes right back in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Stress, stress stresses and that kind of thing. Fears, whether they're real or not. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and there's, there's tactics for that as well. You know, we, a simple way that a lot of people can help themselves is just listing out everything they have to do on a piece of paper, on a program, on your computer. There's great uh, programs now. Um, and this is what I do is, is everything I need to do is, is in a computer program. It tells me I can set the date that it's going to remind me to do it. Um, there's recurring things. So I know every Monday it's going to tell me to do whatever I need to do. So I don't, when I wake up, I don't worry about anything because I know my system has it. My app is going to tell me when I need to worry about the thing. Right. So when I wake up, I just roll over and fall back asleep. Not a big deal. So there's different things we can do to help improve your sleep. I find if I'm focused on one thing that's stressing me out or worrying me or keeping me awake, something to distract. Now, that's going to be different for everybody. Whatever you can focus your mind on, if you can listen to something, you know, if you don't want to disturb your partner, so you whatever whatever it is and it gets your mind off of that and back towards I, relaxing. I got something better for you, Pete. Okay. Instead of distracting yourself from you, cuz whatever's on your mind is important, right? Possibly. Depends. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's rather important. It is to you in that moment, clearly. Um a better thing to do is sit with it for a few minutes, meditate, whatever that means to you. Think about why it's on your mind, why it's bothering you, whatever, why it's stressing you out. And then you have a couple options. If it's something you can fix or change, take out a piece of paper and write down the steps to fix or change it. Boom. Now you have a plan to fix that issue. And it's not going to bother you anymore. If it's something you can't control, you don't have any impact on. You can still do the same exercise. Think on it. Understand why it's bothering you. You can help prepare yourself. So um, we'll kind of talk about events in town today. Is, is, uh, yesterday they, they uh, released the verdict of, of the, the shooting in Kenosha and so a lot of people are stressed out that there might be riots again in, in town. And that's largely out of our control. We, we can't help that. We can't change that. So we, we have to get to a point where we understand that we can be prepared if something happens. We can find somewhere else to go to, you know, a relative's house if, if you're in the danger zone, so to speak. Otherwise, we got to learn how to get it on the back burner, right? Okay, I can't do anything about it. 
stressing about it is not good for me. If something happens that I can respond to, I'll respond instead of reacting. And this is what I'll do. Otherwise, I got no no business worrying. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So sitting with it, understanding why it's bothering you, that kind of thing. If If you can change it or fix it write out the steps to do that because then you're you're taking steps to improve the situation instead of distracting it right wouldn't we rather fix or resolve a situation um or if it's something we can't control understand that it's out of our control or whatever happens happens and we got to respond appropriately and i think that Part of what the way I maybe distract is the wrong word. It's changing the the mode. I call it the macro in your brain. Okay. And that's something okay. we use in the radio world. The computer goes, the programming we use has different modes. And depending on what you're running at that particular time, and you can shift it by changing the macro on the computer. So I'm like, okay, if I'm run macro anxiety, I need to run macro something that doesn't make me ang- but right. and, and flip, right. flip the programming in your brain, however that process works. For me, maybe, because I understand what you're talking about. For me, maybe the shortcut to all that is just, all right, I've done this. Just, you're fine. Think of something else. Right, you know? right, yeah. So it kind of depends on how long you've been grappling. With right, it. right. And, you know, if, if you've done some work on whatever the issue is, then it's easy, you know, or just reassure yourself, I'm going to take care of it. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, that's that's one of the things I'll do when I'm, I'm facing something I'm anxious about is I'll meditate on it. I'll think about it for about five, ten minutes deeply, intently, you know, like, why is it bothering me? What are the solutions? And then I'll write it out. And then I'm not worried about it anymore because I have the plan. And I think the other thing, too, is to learn to let it go yeah when the, when the moment comes to say okay it came to me and now i'm gonna let it flow yeah, and again this yeah. is not this takes practice but we gr- grab uh, grab on to every negative thing at least some of us do i do sometimes every negative emotion that comes by and maybe you're half asleep you're not <laughs> thinking like you would be the rest of the day and so you kind of just for whatever reason your mind clings to that yeah and you have to find yeah. a way to unclench it yeah. and to go i i had that um yesterday Got a text I wasn't expecting and and uh, pretty bummed about it. I was a little bit hurt, and then I realized, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's not a big deal. Um, you know, the the it's not going to be important three months from now. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to waste any time now? And I think that's part of it too: is how much energy do you expend? Again, if it's something very important, well, it's worth expending the energy. Right. But if it's not, or it's not you know, a plus material, so to speak, you know, you got to, again, find your way to work through these things. And it is a process Mm -hmm. not to sound cliche, but trust that process. Once you undertake it, there's always that next step that if you think the big picture over the piano, you go, Oh my God, how do I take that? How do I take that all in? But that next step is usually a fairly simple one. Yeah. And so that's what you can step into and do. So, well, we got, all over the place. Yeah. Well, that was the sleep slash stress version right. of the food. Right. I think we talked about that more than the whole pyramid itself. <laughs> but uh, that emphasizes the point of how important getting enough sleep is, making sure you're rested and not stressed. A really interesting concept as it relates not necessarily to the diet, but to working out. Everyone thinks when you're working out, you're getting bigger, stronger, faster. 
No, that's not true. When you're working out, you're actually getting worse. You're beating your body up. You're beating your muscles. You get bigger, faster, stronger when you rest and recover. Mm -hmm. So you do the workout. You beat your body up. You rest and recover to the point where you're better or beyond where you were before the workout. So we have to understand to prioritize that rest and recovery. Diet has a large part of that. Sleep has the biggest part. So I knew we were talking, um, not that I eavesdrop or anything, but you guys talk a lot. Um, we were talking about <laughs> it yesterday about the importance of a rest day. And maybe if you go to the gym six or seven days, maybe go twice a day. I mean, it's not that it's a bad thing, but the rest and recovery aspect is important too, on top of working out and being active, even if it's just taking a nice stroll on your your rest day. We talked about that another time, I think. Yeah. So. We, We do have some people who do hard, intense workouts every single day. And yeah, then you're not giving yourself the chance for the, the relaxate or the, the rest and recovery. Um, so there is an opportunity to have easy days where you're still moving a little bit, but, but yeah, prioritizing the rest over the, the workout itself. There you go. Well, always good information. You know, Jason, I like to always wrap it up with some practical takeaway advice for people who were nice enough to spend the time to listen to it all. So put the period at the end of the sentence. What's the takeaway from all so this? So the takeaway today is look at your diet your, your food habits, you know, what you eat on an average day and kind of compare it to our recommended food period pyramid. Um, are you prioritizing the protein? Are you getting enough protein every single meal? If not, that's your first place to improve. Are you having fruits and veggies with every single meal? If not, there's an area, um, are you having the right amount of starches? Meaning, if you're not very active, you're not going to get as many. If you're very active, you get more. So are you having a lot of starches? That's hard, especially if you don't have much experience in, in this area, which you can reach out to us for help. We'd love to help you. Um, and then the fats. Are you having too much, too much fat in your diet? There you go. All right. Uh, that is uh, some really, like I say, good information and uh, something to build on, just like a pyramid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, what do we, we got to say? Subscribe? Oh, yeah. Jeez, probably should have did that ahead of this time. Ah, I'm new at this. Yeah, uh, like, right. subscribe, say nice things. Send share us, your, share send, your high-protein recipes. Send yeah. us an email if you had a question. We'd love to answer and help you out. Um, if you want us to review your dietary habits, how about that? Send us an email. You can just... You know, write down email format, what you eat on a normal day. Um, HeyHealthMatters at gmail.com. We'd love to uh, help you out. And I understand next week, speaking of analyzing things on the air, you have some kind of assessment or something yeah, we're going to so go over? Or? We're going to live on pod. <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to go over our health and fitness assessment with Pete. So we're we're gonna eat Taco Bell how many days a week? We're really gonna understand <laughs> Pete's physical habits, his nutrition habits, his stress habits. We're gonna understand his whole health and wellness routine. We're gonna see how he's doing, where he has room for improvement, all of that good stuff. I feel more um, confident about this than I would have about two years ago tomorrow good, when I started good. this process. And, so. and here's the thing about it is this is a tool to understand where we are today 
you know, there's no shame. That's never have <laughs> the, the assessments a zero to a hundred. So perfect would be a hundred. Okay. And, and we have people who score less than 50, but the key is they are working towards improving it. Right. So if you have no idea where you are, or you're not where, you know, then you need to know where you are so we can improve. There you go. That's a good, uh, a good progress report. So that's next time on Hey Health Matters. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> Pete. Go in depth about uh, me, Jason. Good, uh, good information. Like I say, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Stay safe and healthy. Out See there. you later. It's Hey Health Matters live from the studios of Harbor Park Health and Fitness. Talk to you next time. <laughs>